0: Welcome to Sacred Cinema with me, your host Jimmy Bernasconi on Two Double X FM People Powered Radio. Uh, today's show, we're going to be having a look at some cinematic depictions of the duality of man. Whoa, whoa! Hold your ho. Hold your horses. Hold your ponies. You may have heard that duality of man thing. You're like, oh, I don't want to hear another episode. Oh, I don't want to hear a whole show about men, male psyche, male victimhood, blah, blah, blah. I do this every week. No, I mean man in the old English sense, the traditional sense, uh, as in humankind. If, if it helps, today's episode is really going to be about the duality of human beings. But the, the phrase that's very often thrown around is duality of man. That's what people usually say. But maybe we should be saying the duality of human doesn't really have the same ring to it, but uh, yeah, we do mean it in the Old English sense, um, regardless of age or sex or gender. Uh, you know, it used to be referred, you know, I think it was derived from the original German with two N's, man, I believe is the correct pronunciation, uh, referred to males, females, children, just anyone with, a, you know, that is the, the, the human being. The, the homo erectus. No, that's... No, what are we? Homo sapiens. That's the one. Uh, yeah, so that's what we mean by that. Duality of man, du, du, the duality of humans. Uh, why are we talking about that? Well, I feel like people are getting put in baskets all the time. Putting labels on people. that like, That's a good guy. That's a bad guy. He's conservative. She's progressive. We're always putting people in buckets. And I think we got to maybe take a critical eye to that. Why do we keep doing that? Are people really just... Books on one end of a shelf, or do they sit somewhere in the middle? Are they rainbow-coloured, as it were? Do we need to have a more dynamic view of people? What, what does cinema have to say about that? Cinema's are often using these polar, these, these, you know, often uses stereotypes or maybe archetypes, people who um, personify certain Uh, traits. There's usually good guys in in westerns and and bad guys in Disney movies. Um, Are there any films that sort of question that? Are there any films that use that uh, to their advantage or to our advantage as viewers? We're going to find out today, or hopefully we'll have a bit of discussion about it. But before we get into the films themselves, let's have a look at depictions of the duality of man in history throughout it. Um, Explorations in philosophy and psychology, perhaps. Well, obviously, good and evil the duality uh, of the human um, of human morality, let's say, has very very much been explored in both Eastern and Western philosophy. If you would like to dichotomize philosophy in that sense, perhaps that is a bit of a faux pas uh, in the context of today's discussions. But obviously, the, you know the the symbol of yin and yang, right? The black and the white with the little dots in between. Describing how obviously or seemingly opposite or contrary forces may actually be complementary or interconnected or interdependent. And that maybe we need to look at opposites as things that attract. I mean looking looking at you know duality in, in the context of science, you know, magnetism uh, you know, that that informs us a little bit about this sort of thing. But also, of course, in, in Western philosophy, you have got, uh, well, if you call this Western philosophy, Western religions, you've got, you know, heaven and hell. You've got right and wrong. You've got God up there and the devil down there. And in the ancient Greek and in and, and the ancient Romans, they obviously have, the you know, the, the, the gods and the goddesses. You've got Zeus and then you got Hades and, um, you know, uh, the river sticks and all that stuff. So we're constantly, we've constantly had these ideas of 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 black and white, good and evil, up and down. Um, but 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 also not just in in the spiritual realm, uh, but in, in in the political realm, in the political, in the philosophical realm as well. Thomas Hobbes talking about human nature more broadly, how we have those these two. Um, competing motivations, our passions and reason. I mean, there's that's also you know the Stoics talked about that as well. But the, you know, the logos and the passions, and 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 the idea, um, the idea that the duality between passionate motivation and humanity's unique capacity for reasoning has sort of been at the centre of of Western um, philosophical discourse for the for the last couple centuries. But, but all this sort of talk is very um, broad. This is all very human nature based. I also today let, well, I want to look at some films that look at uh, the duality of specific humans. Um, p- perhaps there's a there's a dualism going on within the psyche, and perhaps we need to turn our minds to psychology as well. And I think um, uh, you know a real f- favourite of mine of all the psychologists I love a real favourite. Obviously Carl Jung, very prominent thinker, had these concepts of the persona. Um, but he also had the concept of the shadow, and they're not necessarily interlinked every time he used them. But you know, the persona is that is the social face, the the identity that we present to the world. Um, it's obedient to the expectations of our surroundings. Um, we play into what people, th- the, the kind of person people think we are. And this is this is one half of us. That's one identity. Um, but then behind all that is the shadow self. Um, which perhaps in a sense represents the dark side of, of the personality, the, the traits that, as children, we were discouraged um, from from acting from from personifying, from from acting out, from indulging, as it were. And then he goes into this whole sort of thing about when we see it in other people, we don't like it, and 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 all that. But we won't get too much into the, the, the psychology of it all. But but the point I'm trying to make here is that this idea of duality is something that. Uh, both connects with our understandings of human nature more broadly, but also our understandings of the individual themselves. The idea of this this bipolarity taking um, um this bipolarity within the human race itself, and this bipolarity in every single individual as well. But enough of the boring chit chat. Uh, let's get to the films themselves. The films we're going to be talking about. The first one, the nineteen seventy nine Francis Ford Coppola, absolute canonical text. Apocalypse Now, a personal favourite of mine for many, many years, or at least um, when I was in high school after I saw that film, I didn't. uh, That was the film that made me realise that films are so much more than just moving bitches on a screen. Uh, We're going to be having a look at that one in the context of discussions regarding the duality of human nature itself. Uh, And then we're going to have a little discussion about duality within an individual, individuals, depending on how you interpret the film. And that conversation is going to be centred on Ingmar Bergman's Persona, surprise, surprise. Obviously, uh, I wouldn't. I was going to bring up Jung and the idea of the persona without talking about Bergman's film Persona as well. And then to finish off, we're just going to throw all of this away and talk about the limitations of a dualistic worldview. Are we supposed to view people like that? Are we meant to say that certain people fall into one bucket and certain people fall into others, or that that people themselves exist as these these bipolar? Um, Entities. Well, to 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 sort of explore that idea a little bit more, we're going to have a look at David Lynch's film Mulholland Drive. Um, And of course, hearing all these, hear me mention all these films. Now, you might be thinking, how the heck is he going to talk about all of these um, in the context of the duality of man? They're about so much more than just that. I know. But as I've said before on this show, we'd like to take a look at the insights these films can provide about the theme rather than say what these films are about. We want to use these films. Uh, We want them to be tools for our own um, sense of wholeness, uh, to, to progress better, to become more whole as people. So let's get started with the first film, Francis Ford Coppola's 1979 film, Apocalypse Now. So based on Joseph Conrad's novel, The Heart of Darkness, Apocalypse Now tells the story of a troop of uh, American soldiers in the Vietnam War, led by Captain Willard, played by Martin Sheen. Now, they're on a mission. They're going down the river. Um, which is a very popular narrative structure, or has become a very popular narrative structure. Uh, obviously, you've got Heart of Darkness, you've got Apocalypse. Now, more recently, Ad Astra. A lot of people have been saying that's sort of the apocalypse now of our of our age, and I would love to talk about Ad Astra in a future episode, but it does seem to have become a very popular um, narrative structure. They go down the river to uh, basically assassinate one of their own guys, to assassinate Colonel Kurtz, who has gone AWOL and supposedly kind of created this... Cultish society. Uh, He's got this compound at the at the end of the river, and and Willard's got to go down there and finish off the job. Um, So from right from the get go, we have in a very simplistic sense um, a a, a dichotomy between a civilized man, um, Willard, you know, a man from the army uh, who has a a a structured lifestyle, who wears a uniform, who's clean shaven, and the wild child uh, that is Colonel Kurtz. Uh, played by I should mention is played by Marlon Brando so when he appears um you really know you're dealing with someone very special um, there so we're returning to this idea of you know the the Hobbesian distinction um between rationality you know the u s army it's 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 regimented they they have a clear cut structure they have a framework uh, for wh- how they go about things and then I guess the the I, I want to use the word passionate but what I mean by that sense is uh, the, the indulgent or the um uh, you know, it comes from a place of instinct, um, somewhere, something intuitive. Um, that that that's Kurtz's world. He he's, he's in the wild reeds. He's in the, the wild vines of the Vietnamese um, jungle. We we have a we have a civilized man and a and a primal man, a, a, a savage man. Uh, you know, like a, like a, not not a caveman, but 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 an animalistic man. So how we, how is that depicted in the film? How does Coppola go about doing it? Well, I suppose in a very uh, simple sense, we had just sort of touched on this a second ago. Um, in, in basic things like the production, basic things. So in 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 sort of um, on I on I guess on the, on the service level, we've got the production design and the costumes. Obviously, uh, the American troops, as I mentioned, a clean shaven. They've got the the green uniforms. Uh, very uh, you know, a regimented. Um, Uh, Regimented uh, daily life Uh, And then you've got When you meet Kurtz's men uh, They're all wearing different you know, uniforms. know, some of them don't have shirts on, some of them have got different haircuts, some of them have shoes on, some of them are completely starkers, they've got makeup on, and obviously the, the camouflage and the makeup becomes a really interesting metaphor um, for turning to to the savage side of oneself, the, the, the savage shadow side, um, as it were. Uh, there's a really good quote as well, at the beginning of the film, when Willard's getting um, the mission spelt out to him by General Corman. He says, in this war, things get confused out there. Power, ideals, the old morality and practical military necessity because there's a conflict in every human heart between the rational and the irrational between good and evil and good does not always triumph so you know rationality, irrationality good and evil but I think for me my favorite depiction of of the duality this motif of duality is uh, in Walter Murch, who was the editor of this film, the, the, the opening um, sequence um, where we've got the, the, the burning forest and the fan with the helicopter sound in the back of it. and all of that's fantastic. But there's this beautiful shot where well, the first time we see Willard, he's, he's upside down on the left hand side of the screen. He dissolves in and, and, and to his right. Dissolving in is this is this later image? We don't really sure what it is at this point in the film because it's the opening sequence, but it's of this um, tribal sculpture, like a totem head, uh, which I suppose, in a very stereotypical sense, is representative of of the savage, of the tribal, um, of the primal. And it's almost to say that you know, because one's upside down, one's frontways up, uh, th- th- that the the reflection of the civilized man's face is that of. Um, uh, of a primal uh, and, and, and savage um, face. Um, so, so we've got this this idea of the dichotomy uh, uh, of man being set up um, from the beginning, but but does it end there? Do do, do these characters remain um, bookends, as it were? Well, no, of course not. As Willard travels further down the river, he's he's transformed, um, not not because of some kind of conscious or or logical decision, um, by his surroundings. He changes the the the, the hypocrisy, the the inconsistency, um, the general chaos of his surroundings. Um, dismantles any concept of of a of a, di- of a dichotomized world um, as as general Corman may have mentioned earlier in the film um, he can't tell the difference between good and evil in the middle of the Vietnam War he can't tell the difference between what is right and wrong um, when you see the supposed um, good, good guys doing terrible things and vice versa. Uh, and, and there's plenty of, of good quotes about that. I think obviously the other really good one is um, when he meets Kurtz, he, he talks about the idea of um, these guys being able to, um, these American troops being able to fly overhead um, in these planes um, and, and, and bomb all these innocent uh, civilians, uh, but they can't write the F word on their plane. Like, like how, how does that work? Um, how are the means justifying the ends? And, and obviously this is something that's coming up a lot um, in, in in Western literature at this time. There's a lot of uh, catch-22 situations in this film, I suppose. Obviously, that's to do with the Second World War, but this one's to do with Vietnam. So, um, this is a really good one to go to for depictions about the duality of, of human nature itself, about you know, the, the inner struggle between order and chaos within all of us, between the, the savage and primal part of us and the civilized part of us. But, but what about a film uh, that looks at individual people? Is there a film that, um, that, that depicts the dualistic tension that's at play within, within people, that explores ourselves as, as personalities and, and, and the tension that we feel uh, when we go deeper into ourselves? Well, indeed, I believe there is, and that would be Ingwood. Ingmar <laughs> In- In- I said Ingrid Bergman. Ingmar Bergman's uh, persona. So this 1966 psychological masterpiece uh, explores the relationship between Alma, who is a nurse, uh, who is looking after Elizabeth who is uh, a famous actress, but it's really important to note um, from the get-go, she is mute, she doesn't talk, or at least she doesn't talk uh, at the beginning or throughout most of this film. And just from, right, obviously right from the beginning, we get, we get this figure of, of it, we get the, the image of a nurturing figure in Alma, and I should say that if you Google uh, what does Alma mean, the name, it does say a nurturing or kind um, sort of person, uh, looking after this prestigious um, yet voiceless figure looking after them, taking care of them, uh, trying, to, trying to allow them to grow, um, having power over them in a way that, that's allowing them to, to blossom, as it were. Uh, and there's obviously a tension there that, that, that comes out, um, obviously, to make the, the film industry. We should, should mention as well that uh, Elizabeth, uh, Elizabeth, um, Means God's gift, so that's also lifting up these ideas of 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 you know the uh, the ideal, the best, the the divine, something very valuable, uh, perhaps something superior. But I don't want to get too much in the names and what they mean. Um, Anyway, so the the lens through which I want to look at this film for the purpose of today's discussion is is that Alma and Elizabeth are the same person. (laughs) I like to think of it like that that they're they're two ends or two forces in this inattention. I mean inner as in I-N-N-E-R hyphen tension, uh, that that exists within one singular identity, and I'll, I'll go into that a little bit further, so it makes a bit more sense. I, I like to think that that Elizabeth being being this this voiceless uh, figure is the version of Alma that she never got to be, that, that she that she could have been. That you know that famous projection of ourselves that we have when we're young and we want to be famous, we want to be want to go to Hollywood and and win Oscars. This person that we always thought that we could be, that we that we maybe secretly wanted to be when we when we think about it from our gut rather than our head, you know. It's it's a version of Alma that, that doesn't have a voice. She never actually pursued this person. She never actually embodied this person. Um, she never achieved uh, the life that Elizabeth achieved. Uh, she never let her out into the world. She never manifested herself. And the, the anxiety that Alma feels about that, I think, is, is conveyed through her dialogue uh, through a lot of this film. Um, there's one point where she's talking about um, her, her life as a nurse and what it's like to have a safe and secure job. She's, she always knows she's going to have money. She talks about her husband, who's, who's very nice and handsome and polite. But but as she sort of talks about this, she laments it in a way. She starts to think about the life she could have had, with the, with the, the, the life of others, or the fact that her life is almost too comfortable, too secure, too, too safe. And, and there's another conversation that they have, or, or monologue, I suppose, um, that Alma has, where well, she talks about these old nurses that she that she admires. Um, there's there's something about them that she sees to be uh, really virtuous. How they how they work really long hours and they really care about the job. And she sort of says, imagine being that passionate about something. Imagine being so ambitious. Um, and 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 also I think, um, well, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but there is a story that they both uh, that she tells about a time that she went to the beach with the, with this other woman who was very carefree and how she admired her as well. But I don't want to get ahead of myself. Just yet we'll get that in just a second so uh, these are the two figures Uh, what's the relationship between them what's the, the the view of elizabeth how's that depicted how's that conveyed through metaphor in the film well well i think there's a lot of imagery about sacrifice specifically abortion um Abortion as a as, as a as a symbol of sacrifice in a way, because it's almost, uh, you know, it's one thing to sacrifice oneself, but it's another thing to sacrifice someone else uh, for you uh, or, or, or s- s- someone's sacrifice, t- someone to sacrifice at someone, el- to someone else's expense is, is another way of putting it. So I think this metaphor comes out obviously at the beginning of the film. Uh, there's these spontaneous images of uh, that, are, that are shown at the beginning and we get one of a lamb and we get one was obviously a popular um, f- image of sacrifice in in, in Judeo-Christian um, religion but we also get this literal uh, shot of uh, I think it's like a, a nail going through a hand you know obviously Jesus you know these ideas of sacrifice it, this is this underpinning theme of human of humanity and human history And um, but we also get this shot of this little boy with his hand pressed up against this big glass screen and there's this um, this woman behind I, I think it's Alma or Elizabeth or it's the idea of a young Young woman, and and, and this is sort of um, a a realistic, not a realistic, surrealistic, or um, very quite literal depiction of of this hypothetical child that that could have existed, that that longs to exist, um, that that we abort, that we terminate. And I suppose these images. they're sort of saying that, that, that by choosing one life or they lift up this idea they're not saying this literally but they it lifts up this idea that that but by 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 living one life which is a necessity by the way um, and it is something that, that humans have had to deal with you know for time and more we we are, we are necessarily sacrificing another version of ourselves we're we're, sacri- we're sacrificing another personality or identity as it were where if we're if we're choosing fame we're sacrificing security or, or vice versa if we're choosing comfort we might be sacrificing prestige um it's like we're aborting life or it's like we're saying goodbye to this this hypothetical version of ourselves so that's a very cut and dry way of looking at the human experience or, or 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 a specific identity itself in a way i wonder if there's a film that we can go to i think there might be uh, that perhaps depicts an identity in a way that's a little bit more colorful that's that's boundaryless in a way, or perhaps that we can turn to for, for, for a depiction of the human spirit that's a little bit more fluid, that doesn't play into the dualistic worldview. And so at this point in today's discussions, I want to move to our final film, which is David Lynch's 2001 film, Mulholland Drive. Now, I'm very apprehensive about giving uh, giving a little rundown of the plot if you haven't seen the film. Uh, I, 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 it's one of those few films, uh, it, It's uh, to say it's not linear is a little bit of an um, understatement. It's not a film that you can actually spell out. It's a true artistic masterpiece in that. It's a true um, uh, filmic juggernaut um but what i will say is that th- there are two main female figures it- it's a bit like um uh, it's a bit like the films like the fountain uh, Darren Aronofsky's film the fountain or um re- more recently the Anthony Hopkins film the father where where the actors themselves transcend specific characters um where it's significant that the actors play more than just one person um, because that's got a lot of metaphorical value to it so so it stars Naomi Watts and Laura Herring And all I'll say is that they play different iterations of the Hollywood starlet archetype. Lots of things happen to these two women in the film and they have names attributed to them at different points, different names attributed to them at different points in the film and that's all very uh, important if you're a YouTuber who wants to make these very intricate fan theories and interpret the film like it's this exact science but I think it's a very limiting way or or that's really just one way of looking at this film. I think... What the film is important, or like why I really enjoy the film, is that in all of this variety, in the various iterations of this archetype, we get the experience of the chaotic and unpredictable. And crazy experience that it, that it is to go to Hollywood, uh, particularly particularly as a woman, uh, especially at this time. You know, it, it, looking at it from a post Me Too era. I mean, this is 2001, right? Um, you know, this is Harvey Weinstein uh, at his peak. Uh, you know, these are is, this is the same years, you know, Chicago and, and all that stuff. With you know, anyway, I'm getting off topic here. But 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 the 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 unpredictability, the precariousness of going to Hollywood and having no idea what your fate is. That your fate could be one of a million different things. Now, obviously you can take a dualistic world uh, a dualistic view of this film. You could say that, you know, one of the one of the women uh represents fame. Um and the other one presents um um, you know, loneliness or or one 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 represents success, the other presents um uh, portrays failure or, or the other one represents one presents uh, one represents fortune and one <laughs> represents misfortune uh, but again I think this is very li- limiting it doesn't it doesn't uh, uh, in any way convey the variety of different experiences um, that, that that are iterations of this core idea at the core of it um, is, is this one archetype and that there's an infinite amount of of, of different variations on that archetype. Or, or That wouldn't make it an archetype, would it? But there's many different variations on this core uh, starting point. Um, getting off the plane at LAX, and that, that a million different things could happen. It doesn't work if you view it um, as a dualistic film. And 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 obviously, I don't want to go too far to say this film is about what it means to be human itself. But you could really say this about any character in any movie or in any story that, that you have this starting place at the beginning of a film. Um, and there's only there's only really two stories you can tell if you if you guide them into a, on, on a path of good or a path of evil or, or a path of success and a path of of failure or a path of sacrifice and a path of indulgence or hedonism Um, but that does make today's discussion a little bit complicated how can we reconcile all of this I mean for the first half of today's show we're talking about uh, films that do depict um, the the duality of man and dualism within uh, a person's psyche and then right here at the end we've sort of thrown that all away well obviously looking at the world through a dualistic uh, you know a dualistic worldview can be very important uh, in terms of understanding depth or, or at least range understanding that on one end we have the primal and the other end we have the civilized on one end we have chaos and on one end we have order it, it gives us it gives us bearings and it also knows that you know what are the depths that we can steep to? And what are the heights that we can reach? You know, thinking of life as this ladder, as a, as a means of progress, um, that, that we're not just spinning around in this nihilistic uh, vacuum, that, that there's actually a direction in which we can go. If we know that the opposite of this thing is something else, then we know that that's an ideal, that's something we can that we can go toward, that we can move toward. But I suppose when we start thinking about that in the context of people, things can get a little bit um, a little bit uh, dangerous or a little bit scary. Obviously, archetypes are important because they give us these ideals. If our, and I don't even mean to be um, judgmental or normative about that. If your ideal is to be primal, you've got that by watching Apocalypse Now. You can look at Kurtz and you can know what that looks like. It gives you direction. Um, but when we start doing that... Um, with respect to other people, and we start looking at other people and stereotyping them or or, or saying that they are a type of person, that they sit at one end of a spectrum, that they're a quiet person or that they're a loud person, that they're introverted, that they're extroverted, we start to have a very limited view of what they actually are. Or more importantly, we have a very limited view of what they could be. Maybe you're right. Maybe you can understand what a person is in that very moment or in that specific um, at that point in time, but but maybe they're a Captain Willard type. Maybe they're going down the river. Maybe they're changing, and maybe they're not changing in the way that you think. Maybe that they're going to become this brand new iteration that we've not seen before. Maybe they start in the center and they move out in a direction that isn't either left or right or up or down, but but a, but a but a but a third or what, what dimension would that be? The third or fourth dimension. You know, they're going diagonal. They're going toward you. Um, we, we can never really predict. Or know the direction that someone's actually going in, and and people don't move in these linear directions throughout their entire life. They don't go from famous to not famous. They could go from famous to dangerous. They could go from uh, not rich to poor, but they could go through rich to loving. You know that you know, the, 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 the 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 spectrum uh, that we all sit on is, is circular. It's spherical. It's unlimited. Uh, we're moving towards this unreachable horizon. Um, so. Obviously, there's there's value to both, and it's, it's something that we need to be thinking uh, very carefully about when we start pointing fingers. Let's put it that way. So that's been Sacred Cinema for this week. I have been your host, Jimmy Bernasconi on Two 2XFM, people-powered radio. Thank you very, very much for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you didn't, let me know. Uh, Let us know. Get in contact uh, with us on Facebook. Uh, You can search for the show uh, by typing in Sacred Cinema with Jimmy Bernasconi. Um, But maybe you've got some recommendations for some movies that you'd like us to take a look at or some theme ideas. We would love to hear from you. We'll see you again very soon.